Hello and welcome to the Labyrinth of Lore. I'm Steven. And I'm Miriam. And I'd like to apologize because the second I started 10 seconds of silence to start this, my air conditioning came on. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, also, we started no. this exactly an hour into the call, so there's a lot of extra bits if you're supporting us on Patreon to find that out. It'll be fun. It's a lot of chattiness. Yeah. It's, it's fine, though. So, it's we are fine. here to talk about the, well, basically the last of the Eldritch Moon spoilers that we actually want to talk about. And then, because we're actually recording this on a good day for once, they came out with the, what's it called? I already forgot. Plane Shift. Yes, the Plane, plane shift, shift of Innistrad. Or Innistrad. So, this is basically D&D on Innistrad. It's not a whole hell of a lot like what we sort of brainstormed, mostly because they decided to make humans the only playable race. Yeah, that's true. So, all of the work we put into, like, the vampire groups doesn't help a ton, but I'm we're still gonna do a quick run-through of it. Yeah, that was, that was, we put a lot of work into that episode, just because, like... We did, and hopefully I will still be making use of that at some point fairly soon, but we'll see. <laughs> It'll be fun. Yup. So, let's see, I, this is, I think this is the last of everything that was released, so we now have all the cards. Yep, everything out. was officially released on Friday the 8th, and we're recording this on Tuesday the 12th, so we're oh. just gonna... <laughs> see, it's, it's the 13th for me at this point. It's like 2 or 3 a.m. for you now, isn't it? It's 3.30 a.m. 3.30 a.m., yeah. So <laughs> we're gonna do a run-through and just sort of pick any cards that stand out to us for one reason or another. I think we've basically gone through all of the uh, rares and mythics that were out that yeah. we even remotely cared about. There might be some rares that are out now that we haven't seen yet that we'll probably touch on. Mm -hmm. But this really is just us looking through and seeing if there's anything that we think is really cool. Like, there's def there's always going to be artwork that... Because the both of us, let's be honest, are kind of artwork junkies. Oh yeah, which is why I'm currently trying to check and see if they put any of this stuff up for... The wallpaper of the week, except I forgot that they made, made it so much more challenging to find the god. Oh my god. Of, uh, wallpapers. Oh, these are beautiful. Oh, oh, really quickly, there is actually one story important card that we have not talked about yet because it wasn't released last time we talked. Which card? Uh, Imprisoned in the Moon. So this is actually how they're dealing with the whole Emrakul is a massive threat thing. <laughs> uh, literally, Imprisoned in the Moon, two generic and a blue. Enchantment Aura, it's a rare. Enchant Creature, Land, or Planeswalker. Enchanted Permanent is a colorless land. Uh, with tap, add a colorless mana to your mana pool, and lose all of, it loses all other card types and abilities. They literally... So, just remember that the Hell Vault, the thing that held Avacyn and Nahiri, who is a pre-mending Planeswalker, and a whole hell of a lot of demons for, in Nahiri's case, a thousand years, and a lot of demons for, actually, longer, that... Wow. There's a piece of the moon. The moon is what they're having to shove all of Emrakul into, so at least they're doing a thing. Also, they can't get rid of her, so she's just gonna sit here and screw with Innistrad for all time, which I'm actually okay with. Oh my god, I'm trying to picture- I'm picturing, like, trying to stick an octopus in a jar and having just more tentacles popping out wherever. Yeah, but the basic idea is that they have carved the Oath of the Gatewatch symbol into the moon, and Nissa and Tamiyo are basically forcing Emrakul into it, and from that point I'm going to guess that she's going to slumber, but still probably have a significant effect on the world. Mm -hmm. Like, they won't be able to get rid of her completely, and they also have this whole thing where Ugin told them, don't kill them, you idiots! It's basically the same thing in Marvel as you can't, you shouldn't kill Galactus, because he's a balancing effect on everything. It's strange. Mm -hmm. like, 
I actually know who that is. I have some old Silver Surfer comics that I really enjoyed. Silver Surfer was strange. He was, but like, for me, the whole concept of Galactus was kind of like, ooh. Yeah, but he's... all-powerful, eater of worlds. Kind of doesn't really give a crap whose world it is. He's hungry. He's just interesting, if nothing else. He's a snack. So, I just did a quick check to see what wallpapers they have done for Elder Mm -hmm. Twin. And there's actually some pretty good ones. Also, I will say that they did Arlen Cord from Shadows Over Innistrad, which looks awesome because her yeah. is sweet. But they did. Let's see. Here. She's got that great, like, snarly face. Like, hey, yeah. you can't, you can't screw with me. So they did uh, Campaign of Vengeance, which is basically Sorens collected all the vampires in time to go fight Nahiri. By the way, stuff happened in the story. We'll talk about it next week. But yeah, stuff happened. So look out! Next week is going to be a story up is a story week. Yeah. Then they did Brazilla, which looks even more terrifying when you get close up. And uh, there's actually it's not the full Emmercool art. I don't understand why they're doing this tiny bit of Emmercool when. Can you link me to this really quick so I can see what you're looking at? I have closed the link. Wait, here it is. Ooh. Nope. Ah, oh, God! I almost navigated away. Hang on. Ah. <laughs> oh, damn it. Oh no! Okay. I'm looking. So right now. Um, when you get a chance to, so a card I that just like stood out in my mind just because uh, when I was scanning through to see what we wanted to talk about, um, Lunark Mantle. Oh yeah, that that is some art. That makes me want to cry. The angels so are crazy. Hard. They're crazy. But those are Avison's wings. Are they Avison's? Because it could just be another crazy angel. Because they're they... all crazy. But that, like, specific blood tipping, they made very, like, oh, these are, like, they, Avicinian. They pointed out that Avicin had her blood, her wings tipped in blood. They never said that other angels weren't also doing it, because they're all crazy. No, it still, can't be her. No, no, it can't be her. She turned to dust. Well, you know, still, they're just a set of blood-stained wings, and you're just like, oh, no. Yeah, but they're very no. provably not bloodstained from like i cut these off this angel it's this angel had bloodstained wings before i killed it yeah it just it still makes me sad yeah what does the card do by the way oh it's it's like a little uh enchantment so it's one generic one planes uh enchant creature enchanted creature gets plus two plus two and for a generic you can sacrifice a permanent this creature gains flying till the end of turn not super like powerful but miriam He's cutting off the wings and using them. I know. I understand that. <laughs> Stop it. It is 3.30 in the morning. I am... I am tired. Yeah. Um, flavor text. A boom from the angel should never be cast aside. Oh. Manfred. Manfred Ulmach. This is that guy who we've actually... Um, Manfred Ulmach is the guy who is apparently leading the Inquisition is and is completely insane. That would make sense why he's like taking these wings and basically strapping them to himself and just being like, I believe I can fly. Not really, because he's the one who theoretically they're all supporting Avicen in her psychotic crusade to yeah, kill her thing. But like, oh, a boon from the angels. Oh, it's like a set of blood-tipped wings. I'm gonna fly with these wings. <laughs> I don't I don't think that's what he specifically is doing, but I think he's basically saying that his people should always be open to doing that. Yeah. Um, I do like that there's a couple cards here where they're basically sort of implying that Sigarda has replaced Avicen as the closest thing to a protector that everyone has with the uh, Sigardian priest and Sigarda's aid. Where? So which? Which? Where is they're, this? They're at? in white. They're also in white. So okay. Sigardian priest for 
a generic and a white is a creature human cleric. It's a 1-2 with pay 1 and tap, tap target non-human creature. Many whose faith was destroyed by Avacyn turned to the only angel who remained true to humanity. Aw, Sigarda. Yeah, and it's basically Thank just, you. this is, we had a priest before, it was, I think it was Avicinian priest, although that one I think was a mana dork uh, that could create white mana. This one, and had like an Avicinian's collar staff, this one has the full-on like scythe for a staff. It's just pretty cool to see how- It's the heron scythe. Yeah, it's, it's just cool to see how they're all changing. Beautiful. Like all of the loyal Cathars have the uh, griff on their shields, which is like a like it's a hippogriff, but the bird part is a heron instead of an eagle. So even if you look two over to steadfast Cathar, yeah, that like, that one and that been, shield, and even below that, the Threeben standard bearer has the same yeah. thing on its uh, thing. It's um like the shoulder guards. I just meant on the banner. Well, it's it's also um on <laughs> it's, the arms everywhere. Well. Yeah. Basically, it's the new symbol. Sigarda is like... I don't know if that one's going to be, because that's those are griffs, and they're slightly different, but maybe. We'll see. Well, well uh, under Sigarda's aid, the flavor text, I think, is a good suggestion. Oh, the yeah. Order of Saint Trapped found new strength with Sigarda's support, and that is a one planes enchantment, so uh, you can cast aura and equipment spells as though they had flash. Whenever an equipment enters the battlefield under, you control, under your control, you may attach it to target creature you control. It's just like an equipment card. It's pretty sweet, and it's basically just the angels giving people angelic weapons. It's like, uh, I will arm you. Fight for me. Let's see. I think um, that's all the things we really wanted to talk about in white. I mean, Thalia, the new one, is awesome. And frankly, her real art is better than her promo art. Yeah. Thalia, heretic Cathar. So she is two generic and a white. She costs one generic more than her previous incarnation, but she gets plus one, plus one, because she's now a 3-2 instead of a 2-1. She's a legendary creature, human soldier, with first strike, and she used to make uh, punish your enemies for playing non-creature spells. Now she punishes your enemies for playing creature spells and non-basic lands. She's <laughs> really good, and I expect she's going to stay really good. Creatures and non-basic lands your opponents control enter the battlefield tapped. Salvation <laughs> will not be granted by the Lunar Council. It must be earned at the edge of a sword, if necessary. She just looks so badass. Well, she is. Well, she, she is a badass. She's, like, basically the ghost of St. Traft is like, yeah, no, I support her. Yeah. She's cool. We're cool. We're cool. We're good. Yep. Um, and I think that's pretty I'm, much all the good ones in white, right? Yeah, I mean, spiritual soldiers. Um, so that's something that you have. You have, um, like, ghosts from the Order of St. Traft that are fighting for you. Like, Drog's school oh. shield mate who is a spirit soldier, uh, which is a white card. Um, and you just, it was like you went up, stick went up, and I went what? Oh, I thought we were continuing to go down. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm double checking to see if there's anything we wanted to. Oh, uh, real quick, can I draw your attention to the art on Borrowed Grace, um, at the top of the white cards? Yes. What about it? Oh, just like, dear God, he has gone nuts. Like he has lost it all. He's like, just got tentacles out of every random no, 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 spot no. possible. Left, buddy. I think he's just more like, oh god, oh god, oh god, oh god, where are these tentacles coming from? Oh, okay, let's see. Yep, nope, I can't think of anything else. I mean, there's cool art of, like, things. It's just, like, it, they're definitely story-enhancing um, cards. And, like, there's, like, silly little things, like peace of mind. So not everyone, and the flavor text for this, not all minds touched by the Eldrazi turn to raging psychosis. Some simply withdraw from this world into memories of a better one. Yeah, that's okay. nice and not kind of terrifying. Nice. It's kind of I, like, 
oh good, this woman has gone fell to dementia. That's fun. Yeah, it's just like, oh, okay, that's not bad. So right. I'm I'm gonna like force us to move on to blue now because you actually want to keep moving. Uh, yes. Fogwalker is creepy. Fogwalker is creepy. Ugh, so it's literally for, the bump in the night things. For one generic and blue, it is a creature spirit. It's a one three with skulk, which means creatures can't be blocked. Sorry, this creature can't be blocked by creatures with greater power. When Fogwalker at Fogwalker enters the battlefield, target creature an opponent controls doesn't untap during its controller's next untap step. I don't get the flavor of it, but it's creepy and I don't care beyond that. It's terrifying. It makes me think of Dementors. Pretty much, yeah. That's the feeling I got, too. Yeah, it's like that. It actually makes me think about walking in the woods in Scotland, because it's creepy at times. Yep, 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 yep. Um, something I've noticed just scrolling through Blue in general is you get a lot more of the um, zombie horrors and the various constructs. Yeah, but that that's because you've got the uh, the stitchers in there because they yeah. make zombie. Well, the horror part I think they've just attached because there's some effects that play into it in blue, especially with the uh, the thing in the ice from the last set. Yeah, I mean for me it's more like oh it's I'm kind of fascinated by the way that the stitchers. I know that they're technically called the scabberin, but Stephen and I both really like just using stitchers. It's also just less of a pain in the butt to say. Yeah, it's like, is it Scabberin or Scabarine or whatever? And the thing or is, Scraben, them... because it might be Scraben, but that might be Ugh, too close even, to Scaben, even... which is a Games Workshop thing, and they're crazy and will sue you for, like, whispering their name in the wrong time. Honestly, don't want to even think about it. Stitchers is much more evocative of what is actually happening. Yeah. You're making the... a Frankenstein's monster. I'm uh, trying to scroll down to it right now, oop. but because it's supposed to be more of the Germanic inspiration, but. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I, I I do like Stitchers better. Oh god, and then I scrolled past it. Bloody hell. What card are you looking for? I'm not looking for a card, I'm looking for the actual, just, word. Dang, I think it was Scabberin. Uh, hang on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Scabberin. S-K-A-B-E-R-E-N, so. Yeah. Um, let's see. Again, just, like, certain cards whose art is cool to me. Advanced Stitchwing, where you basically, you just get to see more of the horrors and how they're constructed. They're constructed just because for me, I'm just like, I like seeing how you do this. Well, we've I always got... enjoy the mad scientist trope. Yeah, we've got another two down it, Ingenious Scob and Laboratory, Laboratory Group. Also, Ingenious Scob just heads and shoulders above the rest. It's literally like, it's got shoulders, and then it's got another set of like a chest and shoulders, and it's then- It's got a torso. It's got an additional yeah. torso on top of like- But it's got shoulders, then shoulders above shoulders, then three heads on top of two shoulders. Yeah, it's just it's, like it's also just a good card for a comic. It really is. So yeah. let's you know what? Let's like actually say stuff like let's yeah. instead of just being like, oh, this art is cool. I so, was going to. <laughs> so for two generic and a blue, it's creature zombie horror. It's two three. It's common and it has prowess. It has prowess, which if you don't remember is whenever, <clears throat> whenever you cast a non-creature spell, this creature gets plus one plus one until end of turn. And then it also has pay a blue. Ingenious Scob gets plus one, minus one until end of turn. So basically you can, if you can, you can use your prowess triggers to give it plus two, plus oh until end of turn. It's just a good card, especially mm -hmm. for a common zombie. It really is. Again, flavor text, heads and shoulders above the rest. Yeah, that's why it's like, it's got shoulders, <laughs> then more shoulders, then more heads. And like, let's be honest, that bottom hulking body, the base yeah. of it, is like, it is gripping some sort of like, weird demented it looks almost like it has 
or it something. Like just holding a big stick with a bunch of chains and with a and horse up on the end. Yeah. Which does which doesn't make sense to me, but it's still really cool. And it looks like there's a bunch of pissed off seagulls trying to attack it, which is a little strange. See, I have a deep hatred for seagulls right now. Um, because the birds here don't seem to realize that like two thirty in the morning is not the time to be running around screaming. I heard about that. I was not happy. Well, I imagine I right now they're kinda of pissed at you like, Why are you still awake? Yeah, there's that. Um, that and there's like a, there's a lake on campus, so they kind of hang around. Uh, okay. Um, a story-based card that is fairly important. Um, we were actually talking about this uh, during the pre-show as we were wrapping up. Imprisoned in the moon. That wasn't the pre-show. Like... We just talked about that. Did that, that wasn't the pre-show? That oh was that was wow. that was about it's five late. minutes ago. <laughs> We've been recording the show for about twenty minutes. This is why oh. I tried to start it like half an hour ago. <laughs> I... See. This is what happens when I don't get enough sleep and have too much caffeine. So moving on. <laughs> I said let's do this tomorrow morning. <laughs> uh, but then I have class. Uh, My seven hours is annoying. Yeah, I'm going to move on to actually black with yet another card with some creepy art also kind of has Slenderman in it. Certain death. So for five generic and a black, it's a common sorcery. Destroy target Ooh. creature. Its controller loses two life and you gain two life. Some spirits cling to one person, feasting on the growing fear until a final moment of all-consuming terror. It's just, like, weird, faceless, black shadow thing behind some guy who's just out to cut some firewood. It's just sweet. It's creepy. Yep. Um, I'd like to point out New Scraft Mob. Isn't that, uh, it's not just a good card, too? It is. It is. It really is. I'm trying to find it, and for some reason I can't. Start oh, there it is. It. There it is. I found yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so it start, uh, you have two black and four generic, and it's a zombie creature. So Newscraft Mob enters the battlefield with five plus one plus one counters on it. Whenever a player casts a spell, remove a plus one plus one counter from Newscraft Mob. If you do, put a two two black zombie creature token onto the battlefield. So you can either use it as a plus five plus five zombie, or when it like when you finally have control of it after you summon it, or when someone casts a spell, whatever it is, you can like break your new scrap mob down into like five at maximum two uh five two two zombies, which is great. It's so great. It is. And I mean the card art is kind of indicative of that. Um, it's a horde of zombies. There's five of them ripping apart an Eldrazi creature. Yep. And they're just like tearing it apart. One of them's got a spear. They're like going for it without any fear. It's beautiful. So I've got two cards. Okay. One solely because its flavor text is hilarious. Uh, Liliana's Elite for two generic and a black. It's a creature zombie. It's a 1-1. One, one. Leliana's Elite gets plus one, plus one for each creature card in your graveyard. <laughs> it's pretty good. However, it has the wonderful flavor text because... So basically, imagine if you will, in the Gatewatch, Gideon is basically the closest thing to a general that they have. He's like, on Zendikar, he was leading their actual, like, the, the human beings and the other, like, sentient races that they were commanding in battle. And now he's trying to lead the armies on Innistrad, which are mostly a bunch of Cathars who only listen to Thalia because you people are crazy and outsiders and why the hell would we listen to you? And 
Liliana's army of zombies, because they're the only things Emmercool can't corrupt. So the flavor text is Liliana just poking at him for, like, he apparently really doesn't like leading zombies, because also he's from Theros. Their zombies are really weird. Uh, you have to admit, Gideon, he has great form. Liliana I Vess. read that, and I was just giggling so and It's hard. just so wonderful. But it, uh, that is such a Liliana thing to say. It's like, oh, yeah. oh your sass. Like, she Love still sass. just can't help and is just giving everyone crap. <laughs> my queen. Uh, my the, queen. The other one that I wanted to talk about was prying questions for two generic and a black. It's Thank a sorcery. God, you were talking about that? Because, ugh. It's an uncommon. Target opponent loses three life and puts a card from his or her hand on top of his or her library. Yeah. What remains of the Lunark Inquisition found new ways to extract confessions. What they mean by that is, my mouth is now a lamprey and can extend two feet from my face, and I'm going to whisper in your ear with it. Whispering may involve biting your ear off. And it's like this disgusting, pitted, fleshy protuberance. It's literally a lamprey! It's so gross. It's like he's grown a proboscis. No, have you seen what a lamprey looks like? I have. It's a essentially. It. I know what a lamprey looks like, but the mouth is a lamprey mouth. But the like the weird fleshy bit makes me think of like a proboscis. That is what a lamprey's skin looks like. It's weird and splotchy and creepy. <laughs> it is literally his from his like below his uh, nose down is just. I have a lamprey now, and I'm going to suck secrets through your ear. <laughs> Yeah. Gag. Oh, the gagging. Um, yeah. So just one that I thought was kind of fun is Thraben Foulbloods, if we want to move on a little bit. Yeah. Um, so Thraben Foulbloods. They are two generic, one black, a creature zombie hound. Uh, they've got Delirium, so plus one, plus one, and has Menace as long as there are four or more types of cards, uh, four or more card types among cards in your graveyards. Um, and then it can't be blocked without two or more creatures. The famed hunting hounds of House Chikani continue to prove the quality of their pedigree. Uh, and if I remember correctly, that's Garolf and Gisa's mother? I don't think so. No, because this who's, is... Who's no, House Chikani? It's a reference to a card, uh, and I'm going to curse here and I don't even care, charitably referred to as shit dogs, called Thraben Purebloods, which for four generic and a white was a 3-5. That's it. That's okay, it. Basically, this is a strictly better, I think, technically. I don't care. It's better. It is better than Three of Impure Bloods because they were horrible. Okay. And dear God, you've got so many of them. But yeah, it's just a reference <laughs> to that. Very uh, cool. Whose flavor text used to be, I've learned to trust my dog's instincts. When they're calm, I'm calm. And when they get nervous, I get my crossbows. Lame. Uh, Henrik of House uh, Sikani. Or Sesame? I don't know. Ch Chikani? There's, it can't be Chikani because there's no H. Okay. It's C-E-C-A-N-I. Honestly, I have no idea. Yeah. Um, I think we've talked about all the other good things in black. I mean, Weirded Vampire has some very strange art. They do, and next to it you've got a little bit of Giza rocking out with her wailing ghoul. Um... But, okay, so we should just talk about Weirded Vampire just because that art is really awesome. It, I, I, I'm going to totally steal this from the uh, mana pool. Okay. Where they mentioned, you have ever seen one of those uh, classic vampire movies where the vampire just sort of like suddenly rises from the coffin, rises from the coffin or bed or whatever? Yeah. Like, this is how they do it. They just have Emrakul arms sticking out of their back. 
Like, that's you it. She's what? just laying down perfectly normal, and just arms are, technically arms are lifting her up. It almost makes sense to me. <laughs> uh, for three generic and one black, it's a creature vampire horror. It's a 3-3 three, three with madness of two generic and black. Emmercool makes apparent those whom she has favored. Runo Strumkirk. Very cool. Yup. So moving on to black. Uh, do we want to move do red or black first? Uh, sorry, we finished black, so moving on to red. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. All right, let's move on to red then. Which has some cards I want to talk about. Oh, so many beautiful alchemists. <laughs> yep. Oh, alchemists oh, be crazy. There are so many alchemists and they're all crazy. It's They're beautiful, though. They're like grizzled old men with flamethrowers and beautiful pyrotechnics. Yep. It yep. makes me happy. <laughs> then again... Small things do that. <laughs> well, pick one and start talking about him. Uh, let's talk about the alchemist greeting. You got this adorable old man on the front of the card. Unleashing with like a flamethrower arm. Flamethrower arm. It's great. Um, so for four generic and one red, it's sorcery. Alchemist greeting deals four damage to target creature. Uh, it's got madness. So when you discard this card, discard this card, discard it into exile. When you do, cast it for its madness cost or put it into your graveyard. And the flavor text, impressive. Chandra Nola. Move in a few words. The planeswalker whose only thing is, I'm going to set everything on fire? Like, okay. (laughs) Incendiary flow. One generic and a red. Sorcery. Incendiary flow deals three damage to target creature or player. If a creature dealt dealt damage this way, would die this turn. Exile instead. What is your plan? Gideon asked. Are you serious? Chandra replied. The card art is Chandra setting everything on fire. Also, it's Raymond Swampman art, so it's really beautiful fire. It's like, do do I need to have a plan? It's like, what what do you mean plan? I'm going to set everything on fire until it stops burning. It's like, that's it. That's all I need to do. If I can still set it on fire, I'm not done. (laughs) Okay, I will counter that as well with another Chandra card. Uh, Spreading Flames. Which is six generic and one red. It's an instant. <laughs> Spreading flames deal six damage divided as you choose among any number of target creatures. Hang on, I'm just tidying up. Chandra. <laughs> With a giant fireball. Course. Oh yeah, just wall of flame. Well, I love moving, it. Moving on from Chandra Nalar, one of my favorite cards. <laughs> I, I've actually got two here because they both fall into my one of my stupid pet tribes. Uh, <clears throat> Bedlam Reaver for six generic and two red. It is a creature devil horror. It's a three four and Bedlam Reaver costs one less to cast for each instant and sorcery card in your graveyard. It also has prowess and whenever Bedlam Reaver enters the battlefield, discard your hand, then draw three cards. I just like Bedlam. I, I like devils. They're dumb and silly and it looks like it's slowly becoming kind of Eldrazified, but not quite enough that it has the Eldrazi type yet. Pretty much. It's just sweet. It's a cool card. It's yeah. a cool artwork card. Oh, yeah. Um, did you want to do the other one as well? I did, but I thought you were going to pick another card before then. Well, no, you mentioned you had two, so why don't you oh, just yeah. go ahead and do those? Because if you're in that vein, then, like, rock the, it out. The other one would be Impetuous Devils. For two I love generic, the look of them. For two generic and two red, it's a creature devil. It's a 6-1. It's a fireball. It has trample and haste. When Impetuous Devils attacks, up to one target creature defending player controls... <clears throat> blocks at this turn of Abel, at the beginning of the end step, sacrifice Impetuous Devils. 
just in case somehow it lived. It's a burn spell. That's all it is. It is a burn spell <laughs> that will probably kill... Like, if you really need to get rid of something they've got, you go, you, you will block me, and all the rest of the damage will still hit you in the face. Also, combining this with the card I'll talk about later seems amazing and dumb, and I will probably try to do it, and it won't go well, and I won't care. <laughs> it's Thirsting Axe, for those of you who know, but we'll talk about what that does once we get down to it, because it also has some creepy, creepy art. It's so cool. Um, I want to talk about Otherworldly Outburst. Okay. Uh, so just uh, one red cast. It's an instant. Target creature gets plus one, plus zero until end of turn. When that creature dies this turn, put a 3-2 colorless Aldrazi horror creature token onto the battlefield. A tiny crack is enough to open the mind to Emrakul. So I want to actually take a quick detour here. Where this is, I don't think I ever got you to, or tried very hard to get you to read the uh, Laundry Files, have I? I don't think so. So, for those of you who don't know, Laundry Files is a very British sort of spy thriller series following a technically non-existent branch of the... What's it called? I feel like you mentioned this yeah. to me. They're written by Charles Strauss, so it follows one specific person who works in the laundry, which is this thing of, uh, basically, magic is... A function of computation and largely it's certain computations draw things from other worlds into ours and they can be made to do things mm-hmm. and he is oh god his his actual title is something really dumb where it's like computational demonologist or something mm-hmm. but they have a running thing is the after the first two books or so he's very much a low ranking person um but as it advances he starts to become like the main character you follow starts to become kind of important and starts to get clued into uh, how the organization has these code words for every file and everything, and there's things called uh, case nightmare and then a color, and the one that everyone, and there's established to be one for every color of the rainbow, but the big one that everyone's worried about because it's upcoming is case nightmare green, where effectively it's whenever a person witnesses magic happening, it makes their mind more susceptible to accidentally producing magic. Like, technically, the computations are all things you could do in your head, Mm -hmm. but screwing them up basically invites the thing you're trying to summon to also take a little bit of your brain with it, and it finds them delicious. (laughs) So basically, it's they're operating on this weird thing where, so the more that we try to fight the things that accidentally slip in or that people purposefully let in, the more people see them do it the more people see us do it the more people then accidentally do it themselves without meaning to and it's a spiraling thing of basically everyone starts getting what amounts to superpowers but it also means that the world is slowly tearing itself apart which is sort of what i'm getting from cards like otherworldly outburst like someone sees something happen and it immediately makes them more susceptible for it to happen to them too do you have copies of these i have them all on kindle (laughs) okay yeah, awesome. they're, they're really good books. It's also, it's wonderful because it's a combination of, like, British humor, a little bit of spy f- spy thriller, and then also because the organization technically doesn't exist in the same ways as a normal, like, spy agency, they also have to go through normal English government bureaucracy, so it's very silly. <laughs> um, Let's put it this way. I'm a big fan of Douglas Adams, and, like, the general silliness about describing the government in... Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy in that universe. So I'm looking forward to this. Sounds uh, great. I This is a minor spoiler, but a good few of the uh, basically 
bad people at the end of any given book are basically like middle managers who are trying to operate this as if they're a middle manager and don't uh, don't care about the fact that like <laughs> this person who is like under matrix management things like i'm their line manager which means i manage them on a day-to-day -day basis even though he's a spy who summons demons like <laughs> i don't care i need you to be doing your job and like all this whole demon summoning thing is getting annoying so i'll summon demons and do horrible stupid things to try and gain control and that's like <laughs> half of the end things is just like middle managers trying to take over their department okay it's I, wonderful yeah. and hilarious this sounds like something i would enjoy the second book is basically this character who is very much like your typical sort of it style guy gets mm -hmm. wrapped into a geese that basically forces everyone in it to act as if they're in a bond bond movie <laughs> and and there's a there's a there's a silly plot twist at and somewhere. And this is the geese, like G E A S. Yes. So no one, none of them are aware of it until sort of halfway through, and he realizes, like, that's why this keeps. God damn it, this is dumb. And then <laughs> some way through, uh, like right near the end, uh, he figures out that I don't want to say I don't want to give it away, but basically he figures out that uh, he's not Bond. He's the damsel in distress. And <laughs> but you've been following him through the entire thing, and he hasn't actually been in that distress. And the way that he and the other person figure out how to break the geese once everything has been dealt with, basically they have to do something that wouldn't happen in a Bond film. And it's really nice and kind of charming because oh. these are also characters you've been dealing with for like a book and a half at this point. So it's, it's like just them. a really good series. They sound fun. I it, will definitely have to check them out. It's wonderful. And they're like 10 bucks on Kindle. That's not me. Yeah. Plus it's Prime Day right now still. Is it really? Yep. Oof. Okay. Okay. Good. Find this. I will look at these later. No, no, don't distract me. I'm trying I'm not so to. Easily distracted. Um, um, the first one is called the Atrocity Archive. It's eight dollars on Kindle right now. You should go check it out. It's sweet. Yeah. That has been purchased. Apparently, Anyways. it's three forty nine on Audible too. So I don't know who reads them though. Mm, okay, continuing onward. Yes. It's for also, the morning. Uh, sorry. One one quick thing. If I ever react poorly to unicorns, it's because of a short story in the same universe as well. Right. Yeah. Okay. I will take your word for that. Done with that now. Sorry. Um. Uh, so otherworldly outburst. Oh, just quick card art. Basically, fairly average-looking woman, Eldrazi-style tentacles popping out of her mouth and flailing around. And everyone's screaming about it. Everyone's freaking out, trying to restrain her. She's currently digging her nails into the face of someone she's who is trying to restrain her. It's great. It's beautiful. It's gory. It's horrifying. Yeah. I love it. Do we want to move on to green? Yes, unless you had anything else in red that you wanted to talk about. I did not see anything. Okay, green it is. Um, well, the one thing that I want to say is, hey, look, Hamlet Captain is back. Yay! It's from original Innistrad. It was good then. It's good okay. now. Green-white humans is a legitimate deck. Um, oh, permeating mass. It's not even that oh, great of art, but the card is awesome. So for one green, it's a 1-3 spirit. It's rare. Whenever permeating mass deals combat damage to a creature, that creature becomes a copy of permeating mass. <laughs> so, worst case, uh, oh, your big thing is swinging at me, block it with permeating mass, I lose my mass, but now suddenly your big thing is now a mass. And it's mine now. Yeah. Woodland Geist concluded that Emrakul would be unable to warp the denizens of the forest if the Geists got them first. God, I love it. Yep. So they're all just like, screw it, we're all gonna be this weird massive thing. Deal with it. Deal with Yay. it. Um, let's see, we talked about that, we talked about that. 
Um, there's a kind of an epic, like, action shot of everyone in Emrakul's influence. Like, that is an action shot, if I've ever seen one. Yep, that is pretty cool. Um, oh, like... right, 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 right. This is the one that we talked about where... Did, yeah. did we mention that it was we realized that, uh, like, Le Sentinel is the, the French version of Gatewatch? Um, I think we did mention it because we were like, oh yeah, no, the French was, our French translation was close. Yeah. Um, because um, both of us did take French in school, but ha it's been a while since we've actually, like, practiced it actively, besides when Steven does when he's drunk. Yeah. Ooh, actually, I just noticed this card. Waxing Moon for one col one generic, sorry, and a green instant. It's a common transform up to one target werewolf you control. Creatures you control gain trample until the end of turn. Show them what it means to be the source of Nightmare, Ulrich, Kralin, Horde, Alpha. That seems um, pretty good. Yeah, that should be fun. Yeah. Anything else that I need to talk about? Uh, um, I, I think Woodland Patrol might be our two favorite uh, rangers. Yeah, I think it is. Well, no, because Hal and Elena, it's, it's, they were two women. Really? I thought one of them was a yeah. guy. No, two women. Oh, okay. I mean, they look very competent in Woodland Patrol. It, it has been well established at this point that I'm apparently really bad at telling genders of anyone on this damn planet. <laughs> well, no, there's like, well, I remember in the story there was like a, a like a little romantic thing about the two of them. Well, no, 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 I'm, I, I just mean this because I also thought that Greet was a girl and apparently, or no, I thought Greet was a guy and she's a girl. I don't remember. I, I had a conversation with the folks who run Unspoken Realms and they corrected me and I've already forgotten that correction. Go check out Unspoken <laughs> Realms. They're awesome. Um, yeah, honestly, there's some cool stuff, but nothing that really jumps out at me. Like no, no artwork that we haven't talked about that's like, oh my god, this is awesome. I'm still really grossed out by Emrakul's Evangel and the disgusting tentacly grossness of Foul Emissary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Gnarled Dryad's like... also pretty terrifying because it's basically gone spider eyes. Yeah. Also, because it's, like... they let Raven Swanland try and draw a tree. That man cannot draw a normal looking tree to save his life. Which is it's probably like good on spiky and terrifying. Yeah. Like, I, I'm, uh... I'm not saying it is a bad thing. I'm just, I, I dread to think what trees look like to him. <laughs> I'm pretty sure a babbling brook looks terrifying and deadly and pointy. Okay, Ulvenwald Observer is totally an Ent. Like, yeah, look I at think it, it is. It, it except looks... for the weird eyes that it has in its like stomach. I noticed that, but like, it totally reminds me of an Ent, minus the stomach eyes. Do you want to actually read the card? I would love to. Okay, so Ulvenwald Observer is a two forest four generic. It's a creature treefold. Whenever a creature you control with toughness four or greater dies, draw a card. And this is a 6-6. Six, six. I tell you, the trees were closing in. It's by the grace of the heron alone that I made it out of the Ulvenwald. Richton, I do, I, traveling merchant. I do like that it's changed from it's by Avison's grace or anything to just by the heron. The grace of the heron. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's not just Sigarda, it's the heron. Well, because the heron was like a symbol of hope that wasn't directly connected to mm -hmm. Avison. I mean, if you see them, it's good luck. Yeah. Right. So all we've got left now is the multicolored, the colorless, and the transform cards. Yes. Got a couple more of my pet tribe to talk about in the transform. Yep, but, and uh, some of the artifacts are kind of beautifully creepy, so... Well, really quickly, are there any multicolored we want to do? Um, any that we really haven't talked about yet? Uh, Blood Hall Priest, Campaign of the Spell Queller looks pretty cool. Oh, Spell Queller. Yeah. Um, ooh, that's yeah. kind of neat. It's just very cool, because it's like a geist 
trapping some sort of energy yeah. inside what looks like a lantern. So for one generic, a white and a blue, it is a creature spirit. It's rare two three with flash and flying. Whenever uh, sorry, when spell queller enters the battlefield, exile target spell with converted mana cost four or less. So basically, it's a counter spell. Uh, when spell queller leaves the battlefield, the exile exiles exiled card's owner may cast that card without paying its mana cost. So it's literally a uh, counter that spell when I die, it come you get to cast it again. Yeah. So that's actually really cool. Like that's it can't keep it trapped forever. No. Yeah. Okay, let's see. Onward to colorless. Uh yes. Yes. There wasn't I didn't see really anything else in multicolored that I'm like, I need to talk about this. Yeah, we've talked so we've about talked we've about talked about a good few of them. Mercurial Geist yeah. looks sweet, but otherwise, yeah. The thing is, that had come out uh, in last week's spoilers that I was like, ooh, cool art. Yeah, Nothing I think we talked about like... the art, and I don't think it was any, had an English translation, but we were just like, no. eh, the card doesn't seem particularly impressive. But it's yeah. it's good in like spell, uh, spell-based decks that want to have creatures that get bigger when they cast spells. Yes. Um, okay, so down colorless, to colorless. Yeah, all of the colorless Eldrazi things are wonderful, and I know that I'm a horrible person for saying that, but I don't care. <laughs> also, I like that Emerge is only in green and blue. Uh, well, if there's one, two black cards, sorry. It's only in green, blue, and black. And I like that, I think it fits. Yes. Uh, can I take the Centipede? Uh, yeah, that's that's yours. You it's can, you of the Horrid that. Swarm for yeah. a generic. It's a creature, Eldrazi insect. It's terrifying! It's a centipede and somehow looks more terrifying than a centipede. It's I don't a, like centipedes. It's a four- I don't like them. Uh, fun fact, if you have centipedes in your house, don't kill them because they'll basically ignore you and murder every other insect in your house. Uh, Good. So it's a 4-4 four, four with a merge of six and a green. Whenever you cast It of the Horrid Swarm, put two 1-1 one, one green insect creature tokens onto the battlefield. It has some buddies it brings with it. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. It's so cool. Uh, Admit it, it's cool. It's cool. I don't like it, but it's cool. It's cool and horrible, but I don't... <laughs> oh god. What? I looked at some of the double face cards. It was a bad idea. Some of them are really screwed up. New ones that we haven't seen before? Yeah. <gasps> Hello, friends. Okay, sorry, let's sorry. finish really quick. Okay, we gotta stick to this. Uh, I will point um, out, there's two crabs in the set. Best set ever. Yeah! Vexing Scuttler, which... Which is actually a ship. Yeah, and the Drownyard Behemoth. So this is what was summoned at the Drownyard. No, that was Emrakul. Well, no, but then there was other stuff summoned at the No, they Drown. only summoned Emrakul. All the other Eldrazi are created by Emrakul. Well, then we have a beautiful leggy crab. Like, imagine making crab cakes out of it. I don't think that would taste like crab. <laughs> would it taste like nightmares? I think it might try to eat you. What would nightmares taste like? I don't think you would eat it. I think they would eat you. <laughs> okay, well, no, but, like, I described the mouthfeel of the word awkward. So no, let's move curious. on, because I don't want to think about the mouthfeel of awkward again. <laughs> How about mockery of that. nature? Do you want to talk about mockery of nature? Sure. <laughs> I picked one at random, because it looks sweet. Okay, mockery of nature. Uh, nine generic cast. It is an Eldrazi beast, six five. Um, its emerge cost is seven and a forest. So you uh, general emerge cost. So when you cast Mockery of Nature, you can destroy a target artifact or enchantment. I like that in its art, it's not destroying an artifact or enchantment. It's eating a house. And there's a woodcutter in its tentacle. 
Yeah, but he's eating a house. It was um, hungry. There's there's fiber. One more that I would <laughs> like to talk about real quick. Uh, Eternal Scourge for three generic. It's oh, a I was creature. Oh, you were gonna talk about this one. Yeah, it's a creature Eldrazi horror. It's a three three. Wait, it doesn't have an emerge cost. You may cast Eternal Scourge from exile. That's why it's eternal. Mm-hmm. When Eternal Scourge becomes the target of a spell or ability an opponent controls, exile it. <laughs> it has latched itself onto this place like an infestation. All efforts to eradicate have proved futile. Oh just like, God. screw this place, it lives here now, let's go. Yeah, you just have to like deal with it. Oh, so, God. in oh. the double face cards, there's a couple yeah. of there's a couple of werewolves that I'm just like, hell yes. Um, um I I'm digging Conduit of Storms. The what? Conduit of Storms. It's a werewolf horror. Oh yes, because it's like once again some more sweet Raymond Swanland art. Um, like, can, can can I do please you... do this one? It's beautiful and amazing. I guess. Okay. Do you want to look at Extricator of Sin? I think you'll like that one. <laughs> I uh, will. So Conduit of Storms for two generic and a red. It's an uncommon creature werewolf. It's a two three. Whenever Conduit of Storms attacks, add one red to your mana pool at the beginning of your next main phase this turn. So basically, it attacks, you add some in your second main phase. Uh, it strikes with the fury of a tempest. And for three generic and two red, transform Conduit of Storms into Conduit of Emrakul. Which actually still kind of looks like a werewolf and just has a whole bunch of tentacles and weird eye pustules on its neck. And a sort of werewolfy arm and some arms. Horrifyingly direct gaze. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's creepy. Uh, whenever Conduit of Emrakul attacks, add two colorless to your mana pool at the beginning of your next uh, main phase this turn. As without, so within. Ugh. I love it. I'm going to build the dumbest werewolf deck and I don't care. <laughs> okay, so I... Ooh, you were right about Extricator of Sin, by the way. I, I'm just going to point out that on his other side, he kind of looks like someone from the Machine Orthodoxy, and that's part of why I love him, but I don't care. He's wonderful. <laughs> okay, so Extricator of Sin, which is my new buddy, um, it's two generic, one planes to cast. It's a creature, human cleric, which is zero three. So when Extricator of Sin enters the battlefield, you may sacrifice another permanent. If you do, put a three-two colorless Eldrazi horror creature token onto the battlefield. Delirium. At the beginning of your upkeep, but there are four or more card types among you. Among cards in your graveyards, transform Extricator of Sin. Into Extricator of Flesh. <laughs> it's terrifying. It's like a guillotine Eldrazi. I love it. It's so cool. I like that basically <laughs> he just, the top of his helmet became his head. Also, there's a finger coming out of his face. Yeah. <clears throat> so Eldrazi you control have Vigilance. Uh, two generic, tap, sacrifice a non-Eldrazi creature, put a 3-2 colorless Eldrazi creature token onto the battlefield. After the end, a new beginning. I also desperately want to build a uh, Wuber Geldrazi commander deck. Oh god, this is so creepy. I'm an evil, evil man. So, the next transform card that I really want to talk about, Shrill Howler. Oh my god, Matt Stewart, this is some sweet art. So, for two generic and a green, it is a creature, werewolf horror. It's a 3-1, it's uncommon, and creatures with power less than Shrill Howler's power can't block it. Uh... Five generic and a green transform shrill howler. <clears throat> also, a werewolf's howl is terrifying, to be sure. But this, this was a chilling sound I somehow felt. I fear what will reply to it. Elena Trapper of Kessig. 
That's my girl. At which point it turns into <laughs> Howling Chorus. Just for those of you who can't see this art, basically imagine, if you will, a werewolf who's basically had the flesh stripped off most of its arms, so it's very muscly and sinewy. Oh yes, and instead of a tongue, it has five werewolf heads on tentacles coming out of its mouth, also howling. I totally bet it's going to Hydra if you cut off a head. Oh, probably. It is a creature, a drowsy werewolf, 5-3. Creatures with power less than Howling Chorus, power can't block it. So now it it has the same power as a 3-5, but now if you have, uh, you're less likely to be able to, like, block it and kill it. Uh, When Howling Chorus deals combat damage to a player, Put a 3-2 colorless Eldrazi horror creature token onto the battlefield. I told oh you, it totally God. hydras. It totally sprouts new heads. Oh, I love it. Um, so I want to follow that up with Lone Rider, because I think the art is creepy. Um, so it's a human knight. Uh, one generic, one planes. Can you hear me? Hello? Hello? Sorry, I was gone for a second, and uh, all I can hear is birds. What happened? Oh, no, that was like, I was just wondering what was going on. I was like, I'm talking, and I don't hear anything anymore. Did I, like, No, no, I'm muted. Out? Did my Wi-Fi drop out again? Nope, I'm muted. Also, yes, Lone Rider and It That Rides as One is amazing, and I love it. Exactly. Sorry. Um, what you can hear, because it is 4.19 a.m., so sunrise is starting, um, all the little birdies are waking up. I'm sorry, for some reason, <laughs> Haley keeps walking over with these dogs that are just held in bizarre positions and really don't want to be held. <laughs> that was one of them going like, why? Why am I falling? Why am I falling? Oh god, the other one's trying to bite me. Ah! Oh, no. Yeah, the dogs are smart. Oh no. <laughs> so sorry, did you read both? Uh... I started it, but then I'm like, wait a second. Did my Wi-Fi derp out again? Because nope, nope. it does that. Please feel free to continue Lone Rider and It That Rides as One. <laughs> Also, as the mana pool called it, look at my horse. My horse is amazing. For any of you who have been on the internet long enough to know what that reference is. Look at my horse is amazing. God, I... Like raisins. <laughs> no, stop. Keep keep going with the actual card. Okay, Lone... You, uh, it's late enough that if you, if you set me on a weird tangent like that, my brain is going to go there. I told you we um, could have done this your morning, but no. I have class. You have to. Right. I said your morning, not ours. Oh, okay. See, Lone Rider is one generic, one planes to cast. So it's a creature human knight. First strike, life link. At the beginning of the end step, if you've gained three or more life this turn, turn. Uh, if you've gained three or more life this turn, excuse me, transform Lone Rider. Horse and rider are often of one mind. Ulda, Gavany Rider. And this transforms to it that rides as one which is an Eldrazi Horror with 4-4, which has First Strike, Trample, and Lifelink. But until this morning, I'd never seen them be of one body. <laughs> Gavany Rider. So you have this, like, nice, lovely, beautiful thoroughbred, strong rider. You can see just, like, maybe the faintest touch of an, like, Eldrazi-style tentacle happening. Flip oh, it over. Oh, yeah, I guess you can see some. I didn't even realize yeah, that. Yeah, it's, like, really, really faint. Flip that card over. It that rides is one. It's now morning wherever it was, and it is terrifying. Also, He's you got can extra in, leg. really He's quickly got jawbone. Really quickly, you can see this in the trailer for uh, Eldritch Moon, and they do like full art for it, and it's really sweet and amazing, and you should check it out. Basically, but yeah, it's got like six legs now, and one of its 
real original legs has been replaced with a whole bunch of like what what its tail used to be, I think. And then like strip all the skin from it and like but only inject in certain bright places. colors to its like veins and arteries so they stand out. And then give it's it not... give it a predator mouth and then give its predator mouth some other predator mouths. And then take away a jawbone, a bottom mandible, so you're just like just yeah. the top jawbone. It's horrifying. It's literally you can't tell where the rider went. You sort of can. There's a big glowing thing where his face used to be. But that's about it. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah. I do think it's kind of cool that this is one of the few transform cards that actually can't in any way influence... Well, it can influence its transformation, but it can't transform on its own. Yeah. However, because it's not like those stupid... Well, not stupid. Like those creatures that transformed into planeswalkers from Origins. Mm -hmm. It doesn't exile itself. So if you were to say put two plus one plus one counters on it so that when it deals damage, its lifelink would gain you three life. That stays on it when it transforms into it that rides as one. Nice. So that's pretty sweet. It's just a really, this is a legitimately good uncommon. I would mm -hmm. actually be looking forward to play with this. I don't think I'm going to be going to a pre-release because they're on Friday and Saturday and I work on Friday and Saturday, so I don't want to deal with that, but... See, I've got, a, I've got class excursions those days. Yeah, I'd like to, but I don't think it's going to happen. And yeah. all the places nearby do drafts on, well, launch week and everything else. So I really don't want to do draft. So I just don't like it. And to be completely honest, a lot of places in Denver do uh, draft for picks. And I don't like that at all. I've only done one draft, and it was like an independent draft that we did. We bought a booster box, and... Well, no, no, no. So, so drafting is fine. The problem is that yeah. drafting for picks is basically you don't keep the cards you drafted. You, from your pod, everyone puts in their cards, and yeah. then the winner gets... Uh, whoever d takes first gets to pick a card first, and then whoever came in second gets to pick a card next, and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, if someone goes like, I'm leaving early, they get to just take all their cards. Yeah. Theoretically, a lot of shops will like get pissy about it, but it's just I don't enjoy that because it's another way for shops to basically go, so yeah, we charged you full price for a draft, and now we're also not giving you prizes. The prizes are you pick from the rares that your pod drafted. Yeah, <sighs> you don't even get to keep what you pull, which yeah. is for me, that's the excitement of like, oh you my get gosh, to keep... I opened a pack with this awesome thing in it. Depending on the shop, you might get to pick... Get to, get to keep your commons and uncommons. Mm -hmm. In many cases, you won't even get to keep the uncommons. But yeah. Okay, let's move on to the artifacts. Sounds good. Uh, Alright. Do we want to just split the two scarecrows? Because they're both awesome in scarecrows. I call Field Creeper. It's all yours, Mr. Jack Skellington. You, oh, yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> I like the spininess. Okay, so Field Creeper is too generic to cast. It's an artifact creature, Scarecrow. 2-1. Um, the flavor text is kind of cool. As it walks across the fallow field, its awkward loping gait matches the rattling in its head to create a haunting rhythm that chills the bones. As opposed to Geist-Fueled Scarecrow, which for 4 generic is an artifact creature, Scarecrow 4-4. <laughs> four, four. Creature spells you cast cost one more to cast. This is just like downside for me. It'll keep the crows away. Works on neighbors too. Old <laughs> Ruststein. I'm basing this off of it's not Frankenstein, it's Frankenstein. <laughs> Go watch Young Frankenstein, damn it, it's wonderful. We did. I'm talking to our listeners. Oh, I was gonna say we did. I know you and I did. Yeah, it we was did. Fun. 
Um, Young Frankenstein is an awesome movie. It really is funny. Might have to watch it tonight. Um, I want to talk about Slayer's Cleaver. I just love that it's just a, it's just a cleaver. It's not anything special. It's just a cleaver. So you want to know what this makes me think of? Uh, the cleaver from original Innistrad, whose name I can't remember. No. Well, it should. Little Mermaid. What? <laughs> Why? Uh, the song that like the the chef sings about chopping fishes up. I don't remember it that well. It's called Les Poissons. Okay. And he's uh, singing about it, chopping it, up fish. It reminds me of Butcher's Cleaver, which is a massively oppressive card from original Innistrad, because <laughs> you could put it on Invisible Stalker, which was a human, so you would get the... Uh, for those of you who don't know, Butcher's Cleaver was three three generic artifact equipment. Equipped creature gets plus three, plus oh. As long as equipped creature is a human, it has lifelink and it equipped for three. You detach this to an Invisible Stalker, which was a, like, 2-2 that was unblockable and had hexproof, so your opponent basically couldn't deal with it. And now you're swinging in for 5 every turn and gaining 5. It was a legitimate limited and constructed strategy. It was dumb. So basically, it's a choppy chop card. Yeah. Chop, chop, chop. So what does Slayer's Cleaver do? Slayer's Cleaver, uh, for 3 generic, is equipped creatures gets plus 3, plus 1, and must be blocked by an Eldrazi if able. You can equip it for four. Flavor text. Don't stop chopping until the pieces stop wriggling. You took that in a very different way than I would have expected. I Oh, sorry. You, you know me. I get, like, cheerful about this sort of thing. I was expecting more of, like, don't stop chopping until it stops wriggling. Damn it. See, for me, I was thinking it more like cooking show. Like, don't stop chopping until the pieces stop wiggling. The, the dude, <laughs> you missed his name and his title, which is literally Rem Slayer Careless. of Eldrazi. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I keep thinking, like, make a seafood pie with the Eldrazi. <laughs> I'm just thinking now Rem Careless, but... Eh. <laughs> Sorry. So, uh, up next, because we're almost done now, Thirsting Axe! So, yes, your buddy. Yeah, this is one that I like. I would like to attach it to the Devil Fireball, whose name I've forgotten. Uh, uh, what's it called? Oh, it's... I'll find uh, it really quick. Impetuous Devils. I would like to attach it to Impetuous Devils and basically go, I'm not even going to make you block. You decide. Because <laughs> Thirsting Axe is for three generic artifact equipment. It's an uncommon. Equipped creature gets plus four plus oh. At the beginning of your end step, if equipped creature didn't deal combat damage to a creature this turn, sacrifice it. And then uh, for two, you can equip it to anything. Sometimes the weapon wields the bearer. And if you look in the art, the hand of the holder is actually melding with the axe. But yeah, just equipped this to the devil. Suddenly you've got a 10 power trampling haste creature that's swinging in no matter what. And they basically have the choice of, okay, if I don't block it, he has to sac- Oh crap, if I don't block it, he has to sacrifice it anyway. Okay, if I block <laughs> it, that's still 10 damage. Oh god. Yeah, it yeah depends that's on why I'm just like, yes! Yes! Give me, give me! I, I would just like to add with artifacts, I want to find someone to build the terrarium. Because I mean, that's so That, that would basically just be a very pretty terrarium. It's so pretty, though. Also, did we talk about Lupine Prototype? We did. We did talk about that last week. That is literally like... just like Ludwig trying to make a goddamn werewolf out of a robot and a wolf that he shoved into it. Pretty much. We did. Okay. I remember talking about that because I was like, eee, that's sad. I thought I remembered it too, I just couldn't remember um, if, if that was like a fever dream or i don't know 
And I think that does end things unless we want to talk about Gaia Reach Sanitarium or Nefalia Academy because we did talk about the meld cards in the very first uh, episode talking about Eldritch Moon. I don't think there's anything in particular. I mean, they're both good cards. They're both lands. They both create colorless mana. Uh, Gaia Reach Sanitarium has the wonderful flavor text of All Are Welcome. It, honestly, it looks beautiful. I would love to go to that sanitarium. Oh, also, if you haven't checked out the real card image gallery, check it out for the meld cards, because it actually shows you sort of how the cards will look. Yeah. Because uh, you have to transform both of them to see the full card. It's pretty sweet. They look awesome. They really do. Yeah. I mean, let's just shout it out to some of our favorites. Um, let's talk about, let's like shout it out to Brizella, horrifying oh, yeah. and sad. Um, also, go check out the wallpaper for Brizella, because it's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> So many jawbones. So many wings. I don't understand. What do you mean so many jawbones? One of them is missing her jawbones. Exactly. It's there like that stretchy, enough. awkward jawbones. It basically just creeps me out. Aye. Ugh. Yep, yep, yep. It, it's some wonderful art. So I think we're going to move on to our second topic that we'll try to run through pretty quickly because we're largely unimpressed. Yeah, I mean... Ugh. So, Plane Shift Innistrad came out today. Um, Which is awesome, because this is the first time we've actually been able to, like, on the right day, report on something, rather than, like, two days later. You're assuming I get this out tomorrow. That might be some, like... Well, (laughs) I mean, actually record about it, then. Yeah. That's exciting. So, they only have... They... they So, if you listen to our stuff, we went into a lot of depth trying to figure out how all of the different races would work for Innistrad. Mm -hmm. They just did humans. So, you basically got Gavany, which are totally normal D&D humans, Kessig, which are Dex and Wisdom, so basically they end up being Wood Elves that move even faster for some reason. It almost doesn't seem fair. I'll be right back if you just want to cover this. Yeah, I'll go through it pretty quick. Like, they move 40 instead of 35, which is what Wood Elves do. Uh, They have, they can also just dash over difficult terrain with no trouble. And they have a thing of spring attack where they just don't provide opportunity attacks to enemies when they're attacking. It's They just seem very good. Um, Nefalia that are intelligence and charisma, basically your spellcaster ones, and have a thing about gaining proficiency in any combination of four skills or four tools of your choice, so they're very much like survive off the land, I guess? Which doesn't make a ton of sense for Nefalia, but whatever. I guess it's more that they're a, uh, like they're a seaside village, so everyone has to learn skills and stuff to survive. Then Stenzia, uh, which I always mispronounce, which is the mountainous area, uh, that gives you strength and constitution. They also get intimidation as a skill, which I think is actually pretty good, and tough, which gives them a bunch of extra hit points. Overall, nothing super impressive. I wish they'd gone into some of the other sentient races as possible playable races, because, I mean, they have Drow in D&D 5th edition now, so why can't vampires be in here at least uh they do a quick little breakdown of all the different class overviews like basically how they would fit into this barbarians are like they're not common but there are plenty of cathars who you like use divine fury to power their stuff like uh lightning mauler uh and other things and like stuff about the remotest regions of somberwald the uvenwald and gyre reach might be home to more traditional barbarians bards also rare on innistrad uh, a Spriggan Sage, an Avicinian Archmage, dedicated to healing and rule, could conceivably be a bard. But that's sort of like a, let's try and fit this in somewhere. 
uh, cleric. It's just pretty much everyone in the church hierarchy could be. Druids, again, also found as uh, Spriggan Sages, or as witches known as Force Mages. We actually saw a couple of those in uh, Avacyn Restored. People who make packs with nature spirits and try to use it to, like, better some places. Sorry, dog's fighting behind me. Um, and I'm back. Welcome back. I'm just going over the class overviews. So, like, fighter, it's just anyone who fights and doesn't use magic, necessarily. Monks, once again, rare, but sort of, uh, there are a couple monks. But most of them are somehow tied to, like, church hierarchy and tend to be more just wandering priests. Yeah. Um, paladins, pretty much anyone who is a Cathar that has any amount of divine power. Rangers, super common in Kessig. Basically, most of the people in Kessig that aren't just workers. Uh, rogues, common in Thraben and Cities of Nephalia, just your general people who need to steal to survive. Sorcerers are rare, could be a Spear Sage, one of the Archmages of Gold Knight. Uh, could also could be a sorcerer, especially if you use the favored soul variant from the Uncharted Realms. I don't even remember what that is. Be uh, sorry, Unearthed Arcana, which I don't remember because I don't think any of our D&D campaigns have used that one. Sorcerer could also be a necro-alchemist or cultist of some sort. Uh, Warlock, pretty much anyone who's drawing power from a great old one or one of the demons, so it could be like a member of the Skurzdag or something. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, wizards, often Avicenian archmages but could also take up more sinister vocations, ghoul callers, uh, stitchers, necroalchemists, mad scientists, cultists, yada yada. Uh, there actually is only one real language spoken on Innistrad that they're establishing, just it's common. Yeah, it's common, and then there's also like demonic, uh, draconic, and primordial, which are all established things. Mm. Um, I mean, it goes into some information, follows up with like, Church of Avicen. Yeah, a lot of um, this is a breakdown. Yeah, a lot of this is basically like, hey, you play D and D, but not necessarily magic. Here's some general information about Innistrad. Yeah. They do it add an Inquisitor background, which I actually kind of like, and I think we should mm. go over. But we'll, let's get back to that because it's one of the few things here that I feel like really bears revisiting. Yep. I mean, like we were talking about, like it talks about church hierarchy, um, how the Lunar Council, how the church is kind of headed up by the Lunar Council. Um, then it kind of goes into like how what those different roles are like you have your bishops you have your cathars um yeah. and then like the priests going down the line but this and is a lot of stuff that anyone who plays magic or cares at all about the story and by extension listens to us should already know yeah this is a lot of stuff for people who just play D, &D. um they've got a bunch of stuff on werewolves most of it is basically hey use the traditional werewolf stuff in the monster manual mm -hmm. but here are some extra fluff for Innistrad, which it's is basically like, it's basically like, hey, they don't know how the curse is transmitted. It's not necessarily always the same. It may just appear randomly. Mm -hmm. uh, there's explanations for Innistrad vampires. They're basically the same stats as normal vampires, but they do add the whole Innistrad vampires have a glamour, which isn't an illusion so much as it actually just alters the perception of people looking at them. Mm -hmm. um, and again, this is basically all just fluff for people playing, for yeah. people who don't play magic. It's just um, basically a little bit of extra stuff. Yeah. The, <clears throat> the Geist is legitimately interesting, and I would advise checking it out, because it's interesting as just a... This is something that might be fun to throw against your playgroup, if you're the DM, because it's a fairly well-balanced and well-statted character for Challenge Rating 4, and it has, like, a possession thing where it can just start messing with things. It's just... I bet it will be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um... They have stuff about, like, the Necroalchemists and the Stitchers, and how Stitchers make, uh, scobs. And the thing is, for me, like, I would prefer to play a character like this, rather I, than, like, we may or, Well, I may or may not be working on something where they can 
do that sort Aww, of. Oh, I want to. You know me so well. Yeah, it's it's taken a lot of extra work, especially since I have no time off at all. I would I, seriously, if we did this, I would show up wearing steampunk goggles every single day. Uh, they've got stuff about ghoul callers. It's basically just they're a wizard who uses necromancy. Yeah. Um, demons, because they're a little bit. Demons and devils are kind of swapped in uh, D&D from magic. In D&D, devils are lawful evil, so if you make a contract with the devil, they will maintain to it, like to the letter of it. Uh, demons are chaotic evil and will not maintain to their contract. Yeah. It's swapped in magic where demons are actually like more abiding by certain things. Devils are just mm -hmm. completely insane. Pretty um, much. They're like, think like impish little evil things. Yeah. There's stuff about... Literally imps is yeah. a good is something you can represent it with yeah there's stuff about cults and witches it's again we already know this stuff stuff about dragons how they can be both good or bad on mm -hmm. innistrad usually just by the context of where they live so they could because they're all fire breathing dragons they could either be red dragons if they're evil or brass dragons if they're good um yep uh there's some cool stuff with constructed creatures so like scarecrows and gargoyles and stuff like that but there's they, like a paragraph and a half yeah, like but they they do add a th add stats for creepy doll, which is a wonderful, terrifying card. If you don't know what it does, go check it out. Oh, God. They do That's add some so sweet funny. stuff for angels. Uh, there's a lot of fluff about the angels, but they also add specific things that each one of the flights should have as abilities. They're yes. interesting. Um, there's also make the moon silver spear the thing that Avison and a couple other angels are known to carry. Mm. Kind of terrifying. Because it just does a bunch of extra damage, and yep. you can't heal a lot of it. It is nice to know kind of how those a little bit more about how those flights work, and I like how they kind of created the mechanics for that. Just because, well, like, the, are they... the thing is that original Innistrad, we got to see how the flights worked more. This we didn't get to see it as much. Yeah. Um, with there's the thing about the madness of Avison, but it's almost entirely just uh story story but a lot of stuff about like hey if you're following this storyline you can give the angels like the ability to use some fire magics um there's a thing about the rise of emerpool and driving your players insane which i may legitimately use where there's a sanity curve of uh as their sanity drops below 10 8 and 9 is distorted even before emerpool's arrival some cultists who's who pride too deep into dark secrets began to change in this early stage physical proportions shift with one or more of the creature's limbs or some parts of their face growing larger, almost always asymmetrically. Noticeably, skin blemishes can appear, most often as boils or clumps of cauliflower-like growths, growths, though these not yet resemble the lattice of Emmerpool's flesh. Creature statistics are unchanged. So do we want to just bounce back and forth between each one of these? Yeah, one takes so, deformed? of course. So deformed in the second stage, a creature can develop a dead or bulging eye, huge tumorous growths, curled hands or feet, violent palsy... Oozing secretions from the skin or eyes, raw red patches on the skin, and similar deformities. Patches of lattice-like growths often appear on the skin. In some cases, particularly in Nephalia, cultists begin to manifest distinctly fish-like features. Goggling eyes, scaled or slimy skin, webbing between the fingers or toes, or gill-like flaps on the face or neck. Creature statistics remain unchanged. At disfigured, sanity 4 to 5, in the third stage, the lips shrink away from the teeth, which can rot and fall out. Fingers and toes sometimes fuse together or start transforming into tentacles. Bleeding sores erupt on the skin or bulbous growths appear under the skin. Cultists in Nephalia often, often grow fin-like protrusions or pincer-like hands. At this stage, creatures might Im manifest improved natural armor or weapons, or uh, simple benefits such as amphibious trait of a bullywog, the blind sense of a grimlock, chameleon skin like a troglodyte, 
the slippery skin of a uh, Kuotau, or the spider climb trait of an Ettercap. I don't know why they didn't just say a spider, but whatever. Misshapen, uh, so sanity two three. In the fourth stage of a cre- uh, in the fourth stage, a creature's flesh often rots away or grows out of control, either leaving muscle and bone visible beneath or concealing features beneath ma- masses of fleshy lattice or bulbous growths. Bone structures can alter radically, creating additional limbs or turning existing limbs into bizarrely jointed tentacles. Extra eyes can appear in unexpected places, or the head can transform into something resembling a fish or octopus. At this stage, a corrupted creature might begin to transform into an entirely different creature. A human could effectively become any of the creatures mentioned above, or some other vaguely humanoid monsters as a kenku, a lizard folk, a sauhuan, sauhuanjin, or a yuanji. Yeah. Um, I think those are mostly stat-wise, because most of these yeah. are basically lizard-like human beings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're sort of... If you play D&D, they can actually cover a wide array of things. Like, the Yonti, technically, Yonti purebloods look almost entirely human. But they can vary from being lizard from the waist down, to snake from the neck up, to being humanoid-looking things that just sort of have scales on their shoulders. It's weird. They almost look like Lamia. They Well, that's one of their inspirations, yeah. But it, it, again, it, it depends on what kind they are, because it can just change. It also changes on where they're from. Fair uh, enough. And then finally, Monstrous Sanity 1. The most warped creatures are barely even recognizable. Some become little more than a mass of writhing tentacles, or lose their physical coherence entirely. Two or more creatures confuse together into a, joined by fleshy lattice. The lucky ones retain a basic humanoid shape, but otherwise appear completely monstrous, with twisted faces, extra limbs horny growths, jointed tentacle extrusions, and so on. Such creatures might effectively become Eldrazi-like monsters, such as the Aboleth, a Chew, a Cloaker, a Gibbering Mouther, or a Mind Flayer. <laughs> so, yeah. Pretty much everything else in this supplement is basically how to tra- change parts of the Curse of Strahd, the most recent module from D&D, into an Innistrad set, which really doesn't matter unless you have the book. So, mm-hmm. if you have the book, and you really want to do that, check it out. A lot of the changes are just cosmetic. Some of them are a little bit more than cosmetic, but okay. admitted, if, if like me, you are considering running a campaign either on or tangentially related to Innistrad, consider checking this out. It's pretty cool. Definitely, especially, like, if you don't know a huge amount about what's going on in Magic, there's a lot of really good information in here. For yeah, and you don't have to deal with any of the, like, color alignment or anything like that. Just, Precisely. Yeah, just check stuff out, figure out if you want to use the setting, and uh, maybe do. Yeah, so with that, fun. I think we should get ready to actually like close out this show. <laughs> uh, it's uh, a quarter to 5 a.m. Yeah. My dogs are fighting <laughs> on the couch. It's been a long day. Um, so. Oh All my right. god. Stop that. <laughs> um, you can... I can't think of anything else. <laughs> And now Haley's dying in the background as well. Oh, don't die, friend. Oh, boy. Okay, so uh, you can email both of us at info at mian.net. That's N-I-I-A-N. Um, you can see everything that we do at mian.net. N-I-I-A-N dot net. That's YouTube videos, uh, podcasts, blogs that we write. Pretty much anything that we do will be posted there. Yeah. Um, 
You can find everything that we do, including stuff like the extra bits and the derpy puppy feed, which you can get access to both of those for supporting us on Patreon. That is patreon.com slash lair of lore. Please consider coming and check that out. Every little bit helps. If you don't want to support us, please consider supporting MTG Cast. It is free for the casters. It is free for you, the listeners. It is not free to run. So please consider donating just a little bit to them as well, or even only if you don't want to help support us at all, because frankly, they could use a little bit of help with it. Um, Definitely. Um, all of my stuff, you can also find me at info at nian.net. Um, you can find my Tumblr, princesspeakawellprocrastinator.tumblr.net. Um, basically, we talk a lot about, we talk a lot of, blah, blah, blah. we talk about a lot of things just going on in our day-to-day and like show notes um, in our pre-show, so if you want to listen to that, it's always fun. Um, any it is new also, things... it, I will say that that is the extra bits. It's also completely uncensored, and we just will go off about anything. It's somehow yeah. funnier and weirder. It also means I don't have to put quarters in the swear jar. Which does mean I'm losing a fair amount of money, but... Uh... <laughs> I think this time I avoided cursing. I was so proud of myself. I wasn't on this first bit of it today, so I don't know. <laughs> This is, no, no, no. I, say, I didn't I was... curse on the first, but I didn't curse during the podcast. Oh, yeah, no. Sorry. For this extra bits that you'll, if you uh, support us on Patreon, you will see. I was there, but I couldn't hear anything that was going on. Like, it was just Haley and Miriam talking, so I, I was just cursing up a storm. Which reminds <laughs> me, I actually didn't do any of the serious cursing I need to do, so I'll probably do that as soon as we're back on the neck, on the back half of the extra bits. Any but... other fun things we should talk about? Like, uh, oh, the, um... Better half. Let's oh play. yes, yes. Uh, well, they're not actually up yet. They will be. Uh, they will be for patrons by the time this goes up, and by the time this is public, it should also be available to everyone. Uh, Better half. Let's plays have started coming out, which are Haley and I, and on occasion other random people who we drag into it, uh, <laughs> playing video games. The first one that we're playing is Keep Talking and No One Explodes. We may or may not have been drinking when that started. It went <laughs> well. It went too well, to be completely honest. Yeah, you guys uh, got you guys were pretty in sync. I ended oh, up yeah. I watched the first uh two episodes. And you guys were the first one, y'all had that. That was complete. No. Um <laughs> So look out for that. Uh I've watched both videos already. They are really fun. Um it's just a bunch of general silliness and they'll be fun guests. Yep. Oh, right. You can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook. I'm at Cap America. It's spelled just like you think it is, and if you don't believe it, it's in the show notes. And you can also follow us on Facebook at The Layer of Lore. Lastly, you can get the Simic and Slesnia symbols that Haley has been painting on Dallas and Denver Crafts on Etsy. She's also now started doing the Pokemon Go team symbols because, of course, everyone has to play Pokemon Go, and since she doesn't care about Pokemon... She'll just feed my madness and paint them. <laughs> they actually look lady. really sweet. She's a, she's done uh, Valor and uh, she's almost finished Mystic, which are Moltres big... and Articuno. I adore her Calcifer painting, so uh, y'all should check it out. She's got some great work up there. Yeah, I've, I have included in our last show notes the Simic and the Selesnia pictures, along with her pictures of the new Phyrexia symbol, the Rebel Alliance, uh, the... Uh, uh, not the Republic, the Vampire, Calcifer, a thing she did for Brave, and a thing she did for Wally that are all really cool. 
swear to god we're not saying this just because we we love her she's a really good artist yeah they're sort of like minimalist but okay let's actually move on and start (laughs) ending this show i don't think there's actually anything else we need to talk about with that thanks for listening yes thank you very much for listening and we will see you next time bye bye